Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. I was all prepared on Tuesday and... Um, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And then Tuesday night, I woke up at 12 o'clock with three very, very clear words. Ten virgins, supremacy of the Lord, and now. So you can imagine 12 o'clock, it's cold. I didn't want to get out of bed, so I grabbed my phone them down and thought okay when I get up at four I'll pray about this. I went back to sleep and this is what came to me and guys I'm sharing this with you because uh, with everything inside of me I want you to get this and I want to make it a prophetic declaration and often when we decide to take our prophetic declaration and declare it out in faith, it's going to happen. And I don't just believe that it's because I'm declaring it out in faith. I believe this is coming and it's God. Fully Him. All Him. To a lost world, He is coming to show Himself faithful through what has shaken this world. Because I think there's a lot of questions, a lot of people are asking questions. Where is God? Where is He in all of this? Some of us have lost loved ones. And yet we say, he's a good God. And the world is saying, where is your God now? You know, but we have got a hope, guys. He is so faithful. He is so trustworthy. Corona did not come via him, through him, or from him. Okay, it came from the pit of hell. But I love the fact that we serve a God that can take what the devil throws at us. And he does often in our faces to try and pull us down, and I believe this is an attack on the church that came from hell, to just try and rattle us a little bit and say, come on, guys, you know what? He will turn it around. His word says he will turn it around for our good, for those, not for everybody, not for the world. He says for those who are called according to his purpose and do his will. Okay? So you have to be called according to His purpose. And it's a challenge to you today. Do you know why you are here? Do you know why you are here? And I hope as I read what He's put on my heart, as I tell you what He's put on my heart, you will begin to see, church, that you have a vital role to play at this time. So. He took me in the dream, that song that we were singing just now, no other name but the name of Jesus, full of declarations, full of declarations, when the earth begins to shake, hey, what we've been feeling, when the earth begins to shake. And I think that that song came from him because it was playing over the whole time I was dreaming 
it was playing over and over and over and over in, in my in my my spirit and in my soul and 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 I, there was times I wasn't sure if I was awake or or asleep because I was trying to th- say to myself, remember the song, remember the song. But God put me on the stage like this, and I remember looking, and there was a golden hue coming through the door, like just almost like just glory coming through the door. This whole place was golden. So like if you're sitting on a Sunday afternoon and the sun beats down into your lounge and it gives it that like yellow, it, it was like that. It was just like everything was lit up. And he took me to the outside of the church, to people on the outside, to the world. I've been asking him a question. How do you bring revival? How does revival start? And he said to me that this this church of South Africa have been praying and have been repenting for the sins of this country. I don't know how many times. They've gone up to Angus Buckham. How many times we've gone up there? This nation is hungry. We are over what's been happening. We want to see his kingdom come here on earth. And that's why we've been preaching it. That's why Steve Borden it. Listen, guys, we, can I just say, put your hands together for Steve. Come on. Bless you. Steve, you, you have no idea what a shepherd we've got in this house that is so led by the Spirit. And, and he started off with Ecclesiastes and uh, what's the Ecclesia? The, you know, that we are the church. The strength is in two or, t- or two or three gathered. And that's what happened in the beginning of this is that two or three were gathering. And that's where the power starts in your home. We're just two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. Okay. And then he started and came into the kingdom. And I, and I, I tell you what it's like. That's what the Lord is just saying. Come on, church. The Passion Translation puts it so beautifully that the kingdom is bursting, bursting forth, bursting forth, and the passionate lay hold of it. The passionate, not the timid, the passionate, okay? Because he's put a lion, he's put the lion of Judah inside of you that roars out, that is not afraid of intimidation, that is not afraid of ridicule that is not afraid of another man or a person or a spirit. He is God and his kingdom reigns. His kingdom will never fail. He took me outside that question, how do you bring revival? He took me outside and I saw people just walking along and the next moment instantly a revelation just like a holiness on them knowing they are sinners and they need a God who forgives them see God is holy he is holy and he requires holiness from us and I just got such a clear like I just saw him just touching people and people just becoming aware, just becoming aware that there's a God, there's a God, there's a God, like people just, and the next moment I looked and I saw a lot of people, just hundreds of people walking towards the church. And I remember standing here and then jumping and running off to to the entrance over there and Steve was standing there and I said, Steve, open the doors, the people are coming. And I was back on the stage again, and this is exciting for the worshippers, 
because as I stood here, I looked to the side and I looked at the worshippers and God said, I will give them a holy vigor. Hey? Why do they need a holy vigor? <laughs> hey? Listen, guys. Exactly. They are going to be playing and playing and playing because worship will bring people in. It will usher in what God is doing and bring people in here. And who wants to talk when the presence of God is around? Uh, you know what? I love in the word where it says when um, in Solomon's, when the temple was built, even the worshippers put all the instruments down because the presence was so strong. And, and church, that's my desire for you today is that you would know you have a purpose. So let's go back to the three things God showed me. Turn with me, if you can, to Matthew 25. I'm going to take my glasses off. The parable of the ten virgins. I'm going to read from verse 1 down to verse 13. At the time my coming draws near, Sorry, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so I love it. It just uh, speaks clearer to me. <laughs> At the time my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flasks and olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come, when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly, say suddenly, in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, Get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. Hmm. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, Share your oil with us, because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough oil for all of us. You will have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. Later, the foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us come in. But he called back, go away. Do I know you? I can assure you, I don't even know you. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert, because you don't know the day or the hour when the bridegroom will appear. Whew. I was like, oh, Jesus. Are you coming back? But you know what? I, I, this is just my take on it. I've been listening to a lot of prophecies. And I asked the Lord, I said, Father, that speaks of your second coming. But the word now, I don't think it's going to happen now. I think what he meant by now is revival is going to happen now. Because when, he saw, when I saw the people coming and I saw the worshippers getting given vigor, I realized if he, if he comes, we'd be taken up. So that it's not a second coming, okay? But 
he is giving us a very, very clear word that we are to get ready. These are the birth pains. The birth pains. Okay? So, advice to you guys, advice to the church. That scripture, Matthew 25, right from Matthew 24, Matthew 22 to Matthew 25, a lot is spoken about the the second coming and, and about getting ready and about the separation of the righteous and the unrighteous and how there will be that separating. Um, so I've taken this advice from Matthew 24. And, and I really believe it's, it's vital, guys. Heed the word of the Lord. Heed the word of the Lord. Be aware that you are not fooled at this time. The Lord says that at this time, deception will run rampant. The Lord is wooing you to intimacy. Deception will run rampant. A lot of people will say, go there, there's Jesus, or come to come here, you'll see Jesus. And he says these are all birth pains, okay? It is not Christ. We should know how he's coming. And if you don't know, go and read the word. I, I cannot express this to you enough, this word. We need to read the word. I feel like I'd love to just take away all this, the, the slides and just say, open your Bibles. Let's open the word. Take the word. Um, I'm going to deviate here because I, re- I just feel like the word is so important here. In the back of Smith Wigglesworth's um, Bible, there was an inscription And I'm not going to read all of it, but this just shouted out to me. This is the word of God. Never think or say that this word contains the word of God. It is the word of God. Read it through. Write it down. Pray it in. Work it out. And pass it on. Okay? Read it through. Write it down. You know, we can easily copy-paste nowadays, even with our sermons. And I felt so clearly, the Lord said to me, take your pen and start writing these things down. There's something in the writing, write these things down. Okay? So when he says here, read it through, write it down, pray it in, pray it in. We receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? He comes into us, we pray, we read the word. Everything happens inside us. And then you've got to work it out. In other words, work it out to the world. Work it out to those around you. Work it out in your work situation, in your school, wherever you are. That's where it gets worked out. The word that's come in has now been working out. Okay? It's not for you to just huddle inside here. Those, those ten versions, it says five were wise and five were foolish. We can make a mistake of thinking everybody that walks through this door is saved. And that clearly says that they're not. I don't know if you read that with me the way I I read it. Generally, if you're going to have a wedding, your bridesmaids are people that are close to you. So I I feel he's talking to the church. 
And he's saying inside the church there are even people that are hypocrites, if you want to call it another word. Guys, if your theology, everything you know about God and the word in you, if your theology doesn't play out in your lifestyle, then there's something wrong. Because we should be mirroring what is going on in the word. We should be mirroring to the world. Kindness, love, forgiveness, faithfulness. So let's go back. Advice to the church. The Lord is wooing intimacy to him. You won't be fooled. You won't be fooled if you're spending time with Jesus. And you're doing nothing if you haven't started praying. Prayer is so important. So, so important. Somewhere in your day, somewhere in your day, I'm asking you, because this is what God is requiring of us. This is what he's calling us to. For you to know somebody intimately, you need to get really close to them. You need to be able to talk, talk to them. And intimacy is normally done in your bedroom where no one else sees. And it's something between you and God. And when you get into his presence, ask him, pray, say, Holy Spirit, help me. This is your word. Bring it alive to me. Some of you are saying, well, where do I start? Where do you start? Because this, this is... It's, a, it's Old Testament, New Testament. You know, my, my advice to you, and I asked the Lord this morning, we want to tell people, go and read the Gospels, go and read Jesus' words, and that's a great place to start. Or go and read Galatians, because it's a letter to the church. But ask the Lord, what are you facing at this point in your time? Where do you have a problem? What are you querying? What are you battling with? And then go into your concordance and see what is the word saying to you about your situation. And then start speaking that over your life. If you're worrying, if you're worrying about finances, go and look up scriptures about finances, what the Lord says. You know, he shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Though the lions grow weak and hungry, those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Those are scriptures that came to me when I was battling with finances, and I just started speaking them over my life, speaking them over my life. When I find myself panicking about what's in my bank account, I just remind myself that God looks after the sparrows, and he looks after the lilies, and his word says if he looks after them, heck, he looks after me. So much more. Hey, get the word into yourselves. Know his voice. My sheep hear my voice, they know me. Another bit of advice, don't panic or give in to your fears for the breaking apart of the world system is destined. But it won't be the end. It will still be unfolding. Fear not, fear not. Do not let your heart be troubled. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, the Lord says, for he has overcome the world. It's easy in a time like this to start worrying, am I ready? What's happening? If you are saved and you've given your life to Jesus, okay, and you're obedient to his word, and you just, guys, it's as simple as that. 
Lord, do I believe that you came for me? Do you love me? You gave your life for me. You laid it down. And if I was the last person on earth, you'd move heaven for me. I know my Savior loves because he speaks to me. He speaks to me through people. He speaks to me through his word. He speaks to me through dreams, through visions. He's always speaking. He is always speaking. It's whether we have ears to hear. And if you're ever worried about that voice, if it's God or if it's the devil, go John 10 verse 10. Good scripture to learn off by heart. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? He will come and he will steal, kill, and destroy your peace, your love. He will destroy what's close to you. If you think, okay, I'm going to go and steal something, you, you are then becoming his instrument to steal from another person, and he's using you to do that. Okay? But it doesn't bring peace. I can promise you that. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said he came to give you life and life abundantly. Life and life abundantly. In the midst of chaos and in the midst of a storm, peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Just peace to you. Peace to your families. Peace to every one of you that are sitting here. Just peace. The peace of the Lord out to you at this time. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Endure and don't quit. Endure and don't quit. I uh, flicked over over here, but I actually want to go back to a scripture. And I'm, I'm going to have a go at this because I, I feel like Hebrews 10, verse 25. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some of you have formed the habit of doing. Feels like he wrote this right now, hey? It's like some some of us and those of sitting at home, if uh, the shoe fits as they say it, <laughs> you cuddle up in your bed. Come on, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. We need you. We need you that are in bed, okay? We need you here at church, because we need you to come excited to come enthusiastic, and to come with a word for somebody. Hey, That's the way we should be coming to church, excited, especially at a time like this. I'm like, I am so excited, guys. Something is going to happen. One of these days, you're going to come here, and this church is going to be filled up with people, and you're going to go, what the heck just happened? Hey? Come. That's what he said. That's the dream he gave me, and I'm not budging from it. He gave it to me. I know without a shadow of a doubt that was from him. It was as vivid as they come, and when dreams come that vividly, I know they're from God. This is not the time, okay, to be staying away. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onwards as we anticipate the day dawning. Hey, we need each other. Don't quit. There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness to those whose hearts once burned with passion for God, and others will grow cold. Lord forbid that those that are sitting at home are growing cold. Lord, 
I pray for them right now. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Father, bring your church back to fellowship together. I pray in your name, Jesus. Keep your hope to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. And then fourthly, he says, lift up your head. The harvest is ready. Matthew 24, verse 14. Yet through it all, through COVID, through death, through loss of jobs, through pain, through everything, he says, yet through it all, this joyful assurance of the realm of heaven's kingdom will be proclaimed all over the world providing every nation with a demonstration of the reality of God. And after that, this end of the age will arrive. Coming back to the ten virgins, coming back to them, the lamp and the oil. There's a song that speaks about you are a light unto my way, a lamp to my path and and oil depicts the Holy Spirit a lamp depicts the Word of God you see without this word and without the Holy Spirit we can do nothing Jesus said when he went to go and be with the Father he says I leave you with the helper and he will be your teacher, he will be your counselor, he will be your advocate. He will be all these things to you. Those reminded me of something. Some of you are worried about situations and you're worried. Like, does God hear you? Does he know you? Listen. If, if God cares about the world, and he does, the Bible says that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to draw them unto himself. And some of you are thinking God's forgotten you. He doesn't know you. And he knows you. He has called you by name. You wouldn't be here. if God didn't direct you here and bring you here. Because you needed to hear this message today, that no matter what you're going through, we have a hope and an assurance that when we put our trust in him, he is trustworthy. But this, this mouth of ours gets us into trouble because we like to complain and we like to moan about things. And we like to speak negatively over, some, over things. The words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart, let them be right before God. God, is a, He is a beautiful, loving, precious, holy God. I read the, the story of um, Jonah uh, this, this week, how Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And Nineveh, um, <laughs> Nineveh 
Nineveh was really bad. I think if a city was bad, uh, yeah, Nineveh was it. And um, just to fill you in, if 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 you did something, if you were a Christian in Nineveh, that's why Jonah didn't want to go there because he was a Jew and uh, they didn't like Jews and they would feel nothing to take a pill and um, stick it up you and then watch you die while they ate breakfast. I mean, they were horrible people, horrible, vicious people. And yet, I loved, I love, I love what happens is that Jonah goes off. And uh, funny enough, I always wondered, how did, how did Jonah, a man by himself, actually even land up speaking to a whole city and get a whole city saved in a day? And their God is a fish God, a fish and man God, okay, the Ninevites. And can you imagine Jonah arriving like in a fish, seaweed and the lot, and, uh, and all the fishermen are standing on the side fishing. And I think everybody dropped their rods and went running like, God is speaking to us. <laughs> and that's how Nineveh got, got saved, repent. Repent. But what's so beautiful is that these words God said to, to, to um, Jonah. Lord, you are so good. But God said to Jonah, do you have a right to be angry? Because Jonah was angry that God had saved them. So evil, these people. And how, how could he save them? And, uh, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend, tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? That's a God of the Old Testament. And we've got Jesus and we're under a New Testament. We're under a new covenant. Oh, Lord. God cares about this world so much. And that's why he's heard our prayers and he will bring the people in. But guys, this is not the time to shrink back. This is a time the world needs the church to shine. It needs the church to be a light. It needs the church to know who they are and to stand up and be who they are. We are an answer to the world today for all its problems. The church, the church of Jesus Christ. He has placed his spirit within you, that Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that very same spirit dwells and lives and moves and has his being inside of you. And you did, he did not bring you here today just to come and sit here every Sunday. He brought you here so that you can hear, you can write down, you can pray in, and that you can work out through his word, through the word to this world. If you're at work, shine your light so bright with excellence in the work that you do. If you're at school, shine your kindness 
and your gentleness and listen to teachers when they speak to you. Listen and be obedient and just be that extra vigilant people that God calls us to be. Be a step above. Someone hurts you, not an eye for an eye as the world knows it, but come on, turn the other cheek. Hey, show love instead of hate. Be the difference to this world. Be blessed. Go from this place and be blessed and go knowing that you carry him with you for this world. Amen.